0: Hello, Stephen. Dave Gorkrodger, I have to say, for the life of me, it feels like forever since we last talked, and there is so much for both of us to say. It
1: has been too, too long. You know what, though? Mm-hmm this is this is really weird <laughs> but look just I don't just think about you when we're we're talking, Steve. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't I, I, I spend time just thinking I wonder what I can talk with Steve about because because I, I find you fascinating and I, and I just know that there's so many little things hidden away there uh, that, that, that I've yet to find out. Mm-hmm. I mean who would have known, for example, that your lovely wife, and I inadvertently crossed paths at university, all those. Like, you yeah, so know, there's, there's, there's just so much stuff hidden in there. Well, see, and and I was channel flicking, and I, there was one of those, like, horrible um, kids' game shows on. Yes. And uh, and I started thinking back, see, when, when I was a kid, I, I desperately, desperately wanted to be on one of those, like, kids' game shows. What, what I really wanted to be on was Now You See It. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, a, absolutely. Like, yeah. Uh, and... And I could never figure out why it was that all of these kids from Brisbane and mm. from, from nearby always seemed to be the only ones on, on these TV shows. And it just didn't make any sense until, of course, about 10 years later when I realised they were making them all at Channel 7 in Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, they didn't want to pay anyone any travel money to get there. So, as, as a kid from Inverell, I didn't have a lot of chance to, to be on these shows. But, but I, I was wondering whether you had ever been on a game show. And... And as I'm having those very, very thoughts, and mm. you and I were trying to catch up with the time, you laid out the most freaky bit of information ever.
0: Well, uh, the first part, no, I, I wasn't lucky enough to be on a game show, Dave, though I did like you lust after things like Now You See It, um, and even a little bit of Double Dare, though that was a little bit less practical.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was... I. Look, I, I would love to think I could have been on double dare, but uh, <laughs> I think we all as, 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 soon we could as, have physic- as soon as I went physical challenge, I just know the wheels would have fallen off. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I really, much, yeah, I really was there to stick with. Uh, with now you see it, and and Mike's you know, amazing hair.
0: Hmm. Oh, so you were you were in, f- firmly in the Mike Hammond camp, not the Sophie Formica camp of Now You See It.
1: Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come on. <laughs> I was telling, talking to someone last night um, about... Uh, that's right, because I was watching um, Hogs, the second part of Hogs, and uh, playing Spot the Brisbane Landmark, of which <laughs> n- there were many. The sad thing was that many of them were the same landmark, just from a different angle. Oh, no. Oh, sad. Brisbane City Hall was about seven different places. Oh, but, um, but
1: hang on, hang on. You, you, the, the, the freaky thing, though, before that, where were you last time I tried to call you? Where were you? Oh, I was at auditions for Family Feud. (laughs) And
0: I was thinking about game shows. I know. Well, this is the connection, right? So um, it's a backwards-forward story. Last night, I was watching Hoag's, and Sophie Formica had Mm. a a, a talking part in it. She was an American journalist, so she was one of the many Australians that did a very bad American accent (laughs) uh, in it. Uh, And I recounted to someone uh, that uh, not only... You know, was she the host of Saturday Disney? Mm-hmm. Which captured many a heart, but then also uh, the post-Mike Hammond host of Now You See It.
1: It was never the same.
0: No, well, no, it wasn't. Particularly for those of us in the Sophie for Micah fan club at university, <laughs> <coughs> which was a, an excuse for a drinking club. Um, and And this was during her late teens, like Saturday Disney, We Are Creepy Weirdos kind of mm-hmm. the period. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the link there. Uh, but, you know, I was um, with three friends, and this might seem sacrilegious to the sanctity that is the Family Feud um, rule set. Uh, they were auditioning <laughs> yeah. for a Star Wars episode of Family Feud where you could just all be friends and you didn't have to be family, acknowledging that nerddom doesn't necessarily flow uh, within the family like the Force does.
1: Oh, oh now, no, no, hang on. You're not going to go all midichlorians on me, are you? No, I'm not going to do was, that. It was good, because I was going to say, I, I could see that coming between us. I really could. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Look, I I am a prequel apologist. Inside those first three films is one great film trying to get out.
1: <laughs> um, it just never succeeded. <laughs> never did, they did it? No. Oh. no, no, I, I, I was... I, Mike, Mike Mead is the... Uh, he's the ultimate... Um, now you see it, host. Oh, I said my camera Yes, it's my no, apologies. Mike. Um, and, and, and you know what? It, it, it was the way that he said penultimate that mm. I think really, really sold it. And I don't, I don't think Sophie for Micah really, really, she didn't have the same gravitas when it came to announcing <laughs> and the penultimate letter. <laughs> um. And the reason for that was her. Everything before that was her
0: hosting a kids' cartoon show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And being the feature of a weird group of university stalker <laughs> kids who like to drink alcohol.
1: Well, you know that that could be uh, the, the list of things that that fall into that category are far too long, even for, <laughs> even for a game of Now You See It. Um, so so I, I don't know that we, that we can uh, necessarily judge you uh, on on that particular behaviour. I mean, uh, what do we do for? uh i, I don't know he's the thing I can't even remember a lot of our drinking games because they were all pretty effective uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and so we 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 spent a lot of time just like making them up mm. um and there was one in particular that that we that we cruelly played a few times where you basically had dice um and uh and and cards and you just made up a whole bunch of ridiculous rules and basically this was a game where you would have to introduce it to a new person and otherwise have uh seasoned players yes and the seasoned players just at random points would yell out whatever this stupid code word was that everyone meant everyone had to drink (laughs) um (laughs) And, of course, the new person's just got no idea. They just couldn't follow the rule set because there wasn't one. All that they knew was when everyone started yelling, they had to start putting drinks down. <laughs> and then, of course, once you'd done that communally a few times, then you'd make up another word and go, well, well oh no, that means just you have to drink because yes. you've done this and this. Because, you, you, look, you've got a three on the dice and, and you've got a seven of hearts, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so the poor new player uh, would end up a, a lot worse than, worse for wear. So oh. we, d- we didn't play that game too many times because it, it it was a bit mean, but it was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> not good for anyone's health. <laughs> no, that, that's uh. that's the only drinking game I can remember. There were other ones that we did play that did have rules, of course, you know, you know force be with you and stuff like mm. that. Um, but other than that, I just I, they were too effective to remember. Well,
0: the, I have to tell you that this Family Feud audition, like the the game in its it, for those. Like, if you've never seen it, David, I know you have. It's just
1: this weird thing where it's I haven't, her. seen, I haven't seen it in years because... Here's the thing, and, and, and no disrespect to you, Mom, mm. because I realise you now are one of those hundred people who have given... Mm. filled out the surveys, but on the very rare occasions that I've seen it, all I can, all I can come up with is, who are these people that they are surveying? Because this oh. makes no sense. Well, the clear answer is the
0: people who auditioned for Family Feud, and they're all idiots. Uh, because, look, you have, no, <laughs> you have not seen a more disappointed group of nerds than them have, like, in a Star Wars... So we're auditioning as, uh, you know, for Star Wars Family Feud, there's only going to be two teams of four uh, from across the country. There were Like, in our audition, there was 20 families plus... Audition. Now, ad- admittedly, it was a double up. There was it was a normal Family Feud audition as well. Okay. Um, yep. But it was heavy on the nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when this is the question, uh, name a planet in the Star Wars universe, and the top I think it was six responses, and it did not include Yavin, Tatooine. What? <laughs>
1: Coruscant, oh no, no. but it did
0: include yeah. Mars. Uh, no. I, look, I oh shit you not. No. Know what, it, Dave, it was the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the groan, the collective groan that emanated from about, look, what, what's my math, 80 or 90 oh. hardcore Star Wars fans just going, what, like there was a near revolt at one point. <laughs> Mars. Because uh, the way they... The way they do it is that once you get to the second round where they you know come and play air quotes family feud um, yeah, yeah. grant's not there obviously, uh, but they've got this very excellent uh comedian well, 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 he's,
1: yeah, he yeah he, he's a busy man
0: yeah I mean, oh, absolutely <laughs> racing cars you, and you, living you, on you, a farm
1: you, you can't you can't have him at, at every single audition you know? no you can't I mean, you it's, could it's not like to tony it. it's not like Tony Barber showed up to every audition of um of, of sale of the century um I mean, I'm sure you showed up to most of them because Tony (laughs) was pretty into asking questions. He's Uh, a bouncy kind of guy. Yeah, you know, and and it was a great opportunity to get his hair done. I'm Um, friends
0: with him on Facebook. Are you? I need to ask him a lot more questions.
1: What you should do is only ask him about his appearances on the late show. (laughs) (laughs) That or just start every question with, who am I? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry, sorry. So, so, so Grant's, Grant, Grant Denyer, is what about? Does Rob Bruff maybe do the, um, do the do the do uh, the auditions? No, Rob no? is
0: well ensconced, uh, living on the Sunshine Coast, hosting uh, the Seven Sunshine Coast Regional News Bulletin uh, five nights a week, and he's been doing that for nearly a hundred years. Does he still have a perm? His teeth are perfect. Uh, his perm is, I think, uh, in the Smithsonian. Uh-huh. Uh, as uh, an example family. of the tightest curls you've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's pretty incredible. Um, so so we got this other guy who's very lovely and does a great job um, of sort of emceeing and keeping the whole thing rolling and working with the producers. Television royalty was there, Dave. Oh, really? Pam Barnes, who is not only the executive producer now of Family Feud, but was the executive producer and creator of The Circle, a morning show on 10 that... Achieved didn't cult status, but didn't last long. That's that's Ten's fault. Yeah, yeah, and also the executive producer of Hey Hey It's Saturday. Oh, now she is honestly royalty. She could do no wrong. That woman is outrageous. So smart. Uh, we actually, and this I felt a little bit super nerdy. At my team of four, uh, before you get to the second round, you've got to fill out a whole bunch of questionnaires, and then you get to talk to a producer. We got to t- to speak to Pam. Ooh. It was, I had a super TV nerd moment and I contained myself
1: and didn't embarrass myself. But but, but your opportunity is lost now. You, you, you should have just gone for broke. I mean, you know, just you could have asked all the questions about Daryl that you've always wanted to know. What, revealing my complete nerddom in
0: the midst of other complete nerds? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, but like... misplaced nerddom. <laughs> just going...
1: So... When you moved Hey Hey at Saturday from being an early morning kids show to being mm. uh, an evening family show, did anyone tell Daryl, uh, you know, <laughs> <I
0: don't> know. <laughs> look, there's a lot of questions oh. I have about Pam, as far as how Daryl goes, because mm. um, he, like, you talk about joking about Tony going in to get his hair cut. Daryl did no, no. for years,
1: <laughs> even when Hey Hey
0: wasn't on. He I went into that that the Channel so 9 good. studios just to get his hair cut for free. <laughs> Because that, that, that curly
1: what mullet doesn't just cut itself. <laughs> no. absolutely. <You> know that, <laughs> the only person I can think of on TV who's had relatively consistent hair over a, a very long career is Larry Emder.
0: Yes, I, I, I agree. I think that everyone else has sort of it, had a little it, bit move with the time stuff. Though of late, he has gone for like the number one. Oh, well, you know, we
1: all reach that time eventually even (laughs) (laughs) shut up (laughs) look Larry can get away with it too because he's got a glistening smile so that takes away there but no because what what was what was that insane game show that he was on like back in the uh it it wasn't like it wasn't family feud but it was like a two-team thing and the sets moved and it was just huge it was on a massive scale what the hell was it? Oh, look,
0: I'm only going to it's a knockout, but Larry has hosted a number of TV shows including Celebrity Dog School and uh <laughs> Diving with the Stars, Celebrity Splash.
1: No, no, no. That uh oh, it'll it'll come to me. Oh, it'll come to
0: me. Yeah, it'll it'll pop up. It's I'm, like I'm only thinking it's a knockout, but that's not Larry at all. No, no. Um no. and look unless you can drive the podium that they're standing behind which yeah lays its own sort of Kennedy-esque mayhem. I think it's not it's not a real game show these days. You think so? I oh, look these days. If you want to have a game show, everyone gets a gun and there's only one bullet in one of the guns, <laughs> and you just have at it. Last person standing. No, fair enough.
1: That's wasn't there like a, uh, a not a mock imagery? What was it? There was a there actually was it like a uh, a horrible. Uh, Film about a a future reality TV show where everyone just hunted each other almost uh, Hunger Games style, wasn't there? What was that called? Something? Uh, uh,
0: wasn't that uh, the Crichton novel that Schwarzenegger starred in? As no, no, no. That's
1: that's Running Man. Um, that's basically his premise. Yeah, no, but there, there was a, there was a a oh, there was a a newer one. Anyway, doesn't matter. Oh, so so a brush with TV, so getting so close, mm. and and. I'm going to take it from the way that you're discussing this, that you didn't actually make it to the finals of Look, Family Feud. I,
0: I, we don't know, quite oh, honestly. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, well, that's exciting then. We're never getting in. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm a pragmatist when it comes to this rubbish. I did it because the friend that was organising it asked me, um, and, oh, have I told you this story? This is great. So, I as I think I've told you I grew up in Dubbo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and moved to Dolby, moved to the Sunshine Coast. So... Um, that opportunity, you make a lot of friends, some hang around, some a lot don't, and and that's not, I know some people move like every other year, so that's, I'm not
1: unusual, uh, but I had
0: a friend in grade like one and two. I've
1: moved twice and I can barely keep any friends, but I think think that says more about me.
0: Look, Dave, I've been meaning to talk to you. Um, anyway, in grade one and two, I had uh, probably two or three friends that I can actually still remember their names of, um. People like Andrew and Craig and those sorts of things, and and uh, I was I was looking through because I'm a child of the 1970s. My mother uh, would stick photos and write you know pre scrapbooking captions. You know, it's Steve's seventh birthday and blah blah blah. And here's the cake and here's the hall of presents and here's you with your friends and here's your first day of school. Just like you know, out of the Kodak Instamatic or the Brownie, the nice square, very faded, yellowy looking photos now that are stuck in a. Um, you know, a book that I can look back with fond memories and go, why is this cluttering up my garage? Um, Anyway, I was looking through that the other day and I went, you know, there's, I wonder where some of these guys are, blah, 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 blah. And a name came across my desk at work as a minister that was at a certain congregation here in Brisbane. And I went, oh, that name's super familiar. I wonder if it's that guy. Turns out... My best mate, when I was in grade two, is now a minister in the United Church in Queensland. We've since caught up and hung out and all of those sorts of things, and learned that we were living on the Central Coast at the same time when both our marriages were breaking down. At
1: the same time, <laughs> that that's kind of weird. Like, uh, like uh, that's an awesome story, but it's also one where it makes me really worried that one night he's going to like stab you in your sleep and like <laughs> take over your life. <laughs> Because he's just got this nice parallel story that mm. he just will f- seamlessly fit right in. Single white minister. <laughs> um. <laughs> I was going to say, no, that's a, that's the Catholics, mate. <laughs> oh, ow, ow. Actually, although these days they're usually all from South America because uh, no one in a First World country really wants to become a priest more often than not.
0: Oh, dude. Like, the Royal Commission is... Um... <clears throat> a crazy thing that's going on at the moment and and necessary. Like, don't please don't understand. Uh, I I agree and believe it's necessary, but the Royal commission into institutional uh, abuse and and lack of care when it comes to to children and young people is a daily sadness, Um, particularly for churches, right? Because it's an acknowledgement that we really screwed some of this stuff up. We did some bad things either in protecting or, not reporting or not just not even caring for young people the right way. Um, I thought it was a radical, bold move by the royal commissioner to call every archbishop in Australia to attend the royal commission and face the music. I thought it was spectacular.
1: It's uh, a good thing, good thing. I, and unfortunately, yeah, look, we, we won't get bogged down this because you know how I feel. I, yeah, having grown up. Uh, in the Church of Rome, I now thoroughly Sliding believe, doors moment for you, Dave. Uh, I thoroughly believe it should uh, just be... Uh, we, we, remember how, uh, I think it was Larry Ellison... No, not Larry Ellison. Who was it? Steve Barmer made a joke that uh, Apple should just be uh, sold off and the money returned to the shareholders. Oh, yeah, well, the, the Catholic Church should just be shut down and the immense, immense wealth oh. be put to actually helping people who are suffering. That Could would be you imagine?
0: great. Could you imagine? I, when I, I worked for the Catholic Church. Uh, it, it, for me, you know, in, in a situation for 12 months as a part of the, uh, the Rudd Gillard Rudd, um, uh, laptop schools, laptop uh, school, yep, yep. Uh, schools program where I was working for the, the education office. And our job was to convince schools in the archdiocese to buy into this centralized managed Wi-Fi solution that the office had put together. And look, it made a total lot of sense. Um, that allowed them to, you know, part of the hook was here's all this funding, you get money for laptops, but you have to have infrastructure to deal with it. So um, the education office said, so we'll set up this centrally managed Wi-Fi, we'll look after all of it, all you have to do is pay the bill. And lots of them went, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, uh, So I was working for uh, the Catholic Church during that time, um, and it was crazy, uh, but even just to get around and be a part of even then, there were some questions about what was going
1: on and who's doing what. You know? Like, yeah, praising. Do, do not like it. Anyway, back to game shows. Yes. You, you, know, you know what I... You were saying. Ooh, you no, were saying, Dave. I, I wasn't. I wasn't saying, sir, Siri, go away. Siri's holding um, you to account. She is. Hey, uh, no, back to game shows. You know what I think really, really is missing from game shows these days? I mean, like, Grant Daniel, guy with a lot of personality, mm. you know, fantastic. Um, the man Olme- who said he never wanted to be a game show host. <laughs> yeah, old mate over who does Deal no and he, he, Andrew O'Keefe, he's, you know, he, great. But, yes. But what's missing, And and thinking about now you see it, is what has really, really brought these memories up. Do you remember Melvin? Oh Mel- yeah, Melvin the robot, who was the co-host of Now You See It, Dexter's poorer, smaller oh. cousin. <laughs> yeah, he was no Dexter. Let's <laughs> be frank. But he was still put- robots. There, there yeah. are not en- not enough wise cracking robots on Australian television, particularly on Australian game shows. Yes. Could you? <laughs> I mean, just imagine the potential for banter.
0: Why is one of the the experts on the chase not a robot?
1: Oh yes, yes. Like, that would, that would could be Could you awesome. imagine
0: the crestfallen faces on the contestants <laughs> when you know they think they're going to face Goliath or the you know, the really smart dude or the headmistress or whatever her name is,
1: and out comes the robot. They just look at you. <laughs> we are daft. Yeah, that would be so good, but you know, what, just to take it that one step further, and this would be really, really punishing. Instead of like having it be like Melvin or Dexter, just some dude off stage with a microphone, <laughs> actually like have you know, like a cut down version of IBM's Deep Blue or something yes. like that. Just bang, bang, bang. <laughs> it's like forget it just go home that's right the the chasers
0: have set it up so that they've got this insurmountable lead and inside 20 seconds the robot just
1: carves it away that would be awesome that would be so demoralizing it'd be be great to watch at least once
0: that's what we need i think we need um game shows a, a game show where the contestants are just absolutely humbled because there's too, too many game shows where they're, you know, oh, look, you know, some facts, that's really good. Or, hey, you've got a special talent of a something, blah, blah, blah. And I know that hard
1: chat... Or, or, hey, you're good at guessing a number between 1 and 25. Oh.
0: <laughs> nice briefcase, babe.
1: <laughs>
0: like I know that hard chat goes away to this, yep. in that um, Tom Gleason's approach is very uh, brutal, you know, even brusque, in that... It's an acknowledgement that he's just going to call a spade a spade. And sometimes the funny stuff is when the contestants think that they can bring the shade back at him uh, and he just doubles down on them. Like, it is delightful. But I think we need a game show where it's just... Like, contestants have no hope.
1: Well, there see, there was a little bit of that back in, uh, in. With you mentioned it before, it's a knockout because there you literally could see people severely injured, like weak. <laughs> He's fallen over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You knew that some of the games were were, were getting tougher when um, a game that had always been a bit physical, all of a sudden they went from just wearing a stack hat. To also wearing knee pads and elbow pads, <laughs> and, then, and then oh, now over the top, they seem to have like shoulder pads on. Mm. It was like, obviously, this game was a bit tougher than they thought when they were pitching it in in the uh, the. Do you have a writer's room for a game show? Oh, you I guess have, have to. I I guess. I guess they it, call but, them just producers, though. Okay. Yeah. But, oh, I I loved it to knockout. I really did.
0: Uh, I I do know the comedian that's responsible for writing all of Grant's banter. I oh, to you.
1: Oh, don't, 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 don't burst the bubble. <laughs> we, we don't want to peek behind the curtain. There's just a, there's just a, a, a little man there who's lost and far away from home. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. That's one of his. <laughs> I was going to say, he's not the one that uh, uh, caused trouble when Grant told someone that he'd see him next Tuesday, is he? You know, or, or was it was it all Grant's own work?
0: I think that's when when Grant goes off script, when he starts <laughs> freestyling, gets a little bit
1: loose. Oh dear! But I, like I, I have always thought I, I could do okay at a game show. But I, I and I, I guess this is the, this is when you can tell a game show is well made. Your audience goes, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Yep. Um, but just aren't quite ready to take the plunge and go. So I will because I've never applied anything How like does that, that happen though, Dave? Because like it's a knockout. Drew
0: on Rotarians and Apexians and all of those kind of community service clubs
1: to say, "Hey, get it. Well, they it don't, it don't exist anymore. What? I know, so,
0: but so, in, in the context of the show, that was yep. like the the peak of these. It was know, bodies. That, that,
1: that was when like Apex was probably at its peak at that stage, and you had a really really active lines um, mm. community as well. I don't I don't, I don't know that they would have put Rotarians on. It's a knockout. There would have been too many shattered hips. I think. <laughs> <laughs> definitely Apex and Lions clubs. They had a, yeah. a bunch of them, um, and and that's like early eighties. That's when service clubs were, were really were at their yeah, peak. Yeah, um, and th- yeah. And yeah, th- they've all. Th- that's just something that's disappeared from our communities. Like I'm, I'm still in Apex, although I'm, I'm retiring this year, having <gasps> hit the big four zero. Dave. Um, they they don't actually make Apexians retire at forty anymore, uh, but. I was already in Apex at the time that they changed the age rules, uh, back in the late 90s. And, and one of the concessions that they made was that if you were already an active Apex in, you could still retire at 40. Um, and admittedly, in uh, 1998, I didn't really give that a lot of thought, but here we are <laughs> in, uh, in 2017 and uh, I'm going to take them up on, on that offer and uh, I think uh, I've done my time. It's ready to hand it over to the young blokes who are less cynical and more energetic. (laughs) Less cynical. Oh, they are. They are. They're having a good go. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I guess you still could do. It's a knockout. You know, just a team of however many people come along and and injure yourself for sport um, in front of a small stadium. uh, Hosted by, it was, it was Billy D. Williams. No, Billy D. Williams. Oh,
0: please. Lando <laughs> Calrissian hosting it over there in <laughs> That heartbeat. would be awesome, wouldn't it? What was his name? Billy... Billy J. Smith. Billy J. Smith. And one of the McDonald's. One of
1: the McDonald's, yeah. Was it Fiona? Probably. I can't even remember. I don't, uh, wasn't it Jackie? See, this is the thing I can never tell. My memory's not that good. I'd like to believe <laughs> that I'm in some encyclopedic font of 80s television trivia, and I'm just not. No, you same. know but, but yeah, it was one of the McDonald's. It's reasonably the, oh. disappointing. I, I had I had the now you see it board game, <gasps> not no, the now you see it. Sorry, the um um, what are we just talking about? It's, oh, a knockout. it's a yeah. I had the it's a knockout board game. How does that work? <laughs> well, uh, <but laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Basically, it's uh, a cardboard box uh with lots of bits that stand up to sort of make the scoreboard and the grandstands and like Mm. that was very very elaborate uh and then all of the games are basically uh variations on tiddlywinks or flicking marbles at things (laughs) so it 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 could have gone
0: one step worse worse than that would have been it's all of this elaborate set up the board and then first challenge hop on one leg for a minute
1: (laughs) (laughs) they're the the, worst board games there, there was no there was no physical interactivity um that board game was probably second only to, uh, the World Series cricket board game that I had. What? Uh, now this, this was, uh, uh, it, 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 it was in all of the, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, sort of multi-technicolor World Series cricket. Like, well, this is, this is pre-bringing it back in the tent sort of thing. This is when it was still the, the Rebel League. Yes. Um. Roll the dice and move Clive Lloyd forward three spaces. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's a bit better than that. So this this again had a had a pop up scoreboard, um, but what you had was uh, a, a big rectangular thing that just still sat in the box, and there were two dials, uh, and on the left hand side you had um, the 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 bowler, and on the right hand side you had the uh, the batsman. So what would happen is. Um, with these two dials so the 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 bowler's one was numbered one to six obviously for the uh, the balls of the over and there was also one down the bottom which was like uh wide so you had to go all the way to that if you accidentally bowled a wide so what you would do is you would move this little this little lever which had a cardboard wheel underneath it attached down to where um you know, whatever ball it was of the over, and then you'd spin it back to the top, and the little cardboard spinner would go, and there was a cutout underneath that would tell you what sort of ball it was, so it might be a full toss or a yorker. yeah. And so then you would go over to the batsman side, and uh, next to the batsman you had a list of all the different shots that you could play, yeah. and you would would decide which shot you would play, having seen what ball the bowler bowled. Of course, these things having no... Like, there's no interaction between these at all. It's just you going, oh, you know... Oh, that's a googly! Oh well, I, I'm going to try to hook it because <laughs> of course I oh, wouldn't you. <laughs> um, so you, on on the batsman side, you could sort of go down to where if, like whichever shot you wanted to play, mm. and you again flick it up, and the spinner would go, and underneath it would tell you how many runs you scored or whether you were out or whatever, and then you, you would basically each have an innings, and whoever scored the most runs won. So, the, the, like this is, the, the, I, I think. I think I might have asked for Test Match Cricket. Yes. You know, the one where you had like the little guys. That you, I had you put, that well,
0: very set up. I,
1: I never had Test Match. and I think I'd asked for it. Um, and I'm not sure what the thought process was. I, it may have been, no, World Series Cricket is much more exciting. You'll like that. Or it might have just been, wow, Test Match is expensive. Yeah. This World Series one it doesn't cost as much. But either way, I ended up with World Series Cricket. Uh, and now I wish I had still had it because it, it was just hilariously bad <laughs> um, the clumsiness of it oh absolutely because we learned pretty quickly um, at least on my one that if you went to like do try to like drive it on every ball like that would move the wheel just enough that you could almost always get a big score and avoid getting out very often <laughs> whereas the poor old bowler you had you had to go one two three four five six and if you and, and one of the things there instead of say a full toss it would say a wide and so then you'd have to go back and you know you'd bowl your wide ball and it was a, much like modern cricket it was way in the favor of the batsman yeah um but the the downside to that of course was uh the odds of getting when, when you sort of shorten the odds of getting out this game that was supposed to take about 10 minutes could take an hour or more <laughs> you get these ridiculously large scores that's
0: awesome yeah. I remember very fondly um, the Christmas we were staying at Port Macquarie with my mum's parents uh, the Christmas that I got Test Match um, it was the best because my delightful grandfather spent many many hours that Christmas summer playing Test Match with me um, and I was so entranced with the game that I said oh, we ha- so we have to get a scoreboard so, you could go and buy a scoreboard that clipped onto oh, the yeah. boundary um,
1: that was just dials, like you just yeah, moved we're, it. We're talking big money now. Oh, it's crazy business. Probably cost 10 bucks. Oh, no, no. Mate, back then a He Man figure cost 10 bucks. Yeah. Well, the, no, I the, meant just the scoreboard. The scoreboard, board, just the, cost score, 10 no, the scoreboard for Test Match was more than 10 bucks. It was more, definitely more than a He Man.
0: Well, I managed to yeah. somehow either convince or save up, or I got it while we were on holidays. Um, lucky man and love playing and love setting it up the fact that the foam had been folded in the box for so long and never really got flat
1: always caused a problem for me you know Um, I I actually went through part of my life thinking that the reason that uh, the position gully was called that was because (laughs) when you played test match that's where one of the folds of the the mat was and I went well that makes sense yeah that's (laughs) right and the first time I actually went to a cricket ground and you could see it in 3D and I was like it's flat where the gully is <laughs> thankfully <laughs> up until now it's not uh, i had the thought process but i didn't ask the question which g- goes to prove that the old adage that there's no such thing as a silly question mm. is not true because no. if i had have asked why is the cricket ground flat shouldn't there be a gully there that would have been a very silly question
0: but to put it in context would have made a lot of sense um <laughs> uh, so i i do i do remember though as um I aged with my test match set, uh, playing with my younger brother. I, we both got quite bored with just putting the little ball bearing into the cup of the bowler's hands and then pushing down on the bowler's arm and letting the ball slide down the, the slide and hit and get, you know, roll along the, the field and letting the batsman hit it, do that sort of thing. Uh, you tried we got, full
1: tosses, didn't you?
0: Oh, we got quite violent um, to the point of we just did away with putting it in the cup. Put, <laughs> put the bowler's arm you know, basically in bowling mode, would sit the ball at the top of the slide and try and spin the ball bearing so that by the time it hit the foam it broke and you know, sort of cut away. Um, or even better, basically just flicked it like a a, a paceman. Uh, Just (laughs) try to get it hard. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, or just even it didn't matter because the the batsman while effective, was pretty weak. If you got a ball bearing with a bit of motion on it, it was going straight through that bat underneath those yep, feet. Yep, it yep. was getting hitting the wicket. You are done. No um, matter what. Yeah, so we had some pretty quick games of Test match in our time.
1: <clears throat> yeah, no, I only got to. Uh, <clears throat> I, excuse me. Yeah, right. <clears throat> I only ever got to play Test match at other people's houses, uh, mm-hmm. and so I, I did see some uh, Test match play of, of quite varying quality. Mm. Uh, depending on, on how particular this individual was about caring for their test match set. Yes. Um, some, of them, some of them were great, although they still had the gully because that's where the mat folded. Yes, um, But uh, there were some that, uh, well, it was less like playing at the SCG uh, and it was more like uh, playing at Camilla Roy Oval in, <laughs> in Varel. And let me tell you, uh, there is a big, big difference uh, between those it was though it was a mess, but it was always fun, but there was always someone though who didn't have the patience for it and the next thing you know you'd you'd find G i Joe guys attacking yeah. uh, the the outfielders and <laughs> yeah, like just
0: so I, I got right under my brother's skin a few times because it, it, whenever we started a game are we playing by the rules? Or are we, are we not?
1: Are we playing by, isn't that a great way to start game? Are we playing <laughs> by the rules? And because oh. playing by the
0: rules also meant that you put the ball in the, the bowler's hand cup yeah. and did that. If we didn't, it meant that both of us, when we bowled, could basically piff the ball bearing at each other. Um, <laughs> but it also meant that you could make up your own field positions if we weren't playing by the rules. And I remember distinctly building this arc on either side of a very thin window of the pitch. So that no matter... Unless he edged the ball, he was caught. Like, that ball bearing was going in between those fielders' legs and he was out. Yeah. And we were naming naming them things like stupid, um, idiot (laughs) mid-off, backward pad bat, like just stupid stuff. But uh, that kind of weird, almost semi-circular, real close, like you would put in if it was the last day of a test and you've got, you know, the the, the tail enders in and about, you know... uh, no time to get him out, but you just need to get him out. That kind of vibe, like we just bring it in. Yep. Short yep. of bowling underarm, that was how it went.
1: Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was certainly a game that, that provoked a lot of arguments. Though. Like, like, oh, is that out? Oh, that's not really between their feet. That's just kind yes. of off the edge. And, Has oh. it passed their legs? That yeah. was always our give. If yep. it's past their legs, it's out. And if it went in and bounced out, drop the catch. Mm, no, that's fair enough. I think I think that's only reasonable because yeah, the catches get dropped. Oh, yeah, yes they do. Uh, yes, especially in the Australian cricket team of the eighties.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> or the Sri Lankan cricket team of now, <laughs> poor buggers. <laughs> They're not having a happy Instagram. <clears underground, throat> though
1: they did win the T Twenty last night. Uh, well, they seem to be really good at that. I mean, they, they sort of massively reinvigorated um, uh, fifty-over cricket. When mm. when they sort of seem to be the first uh, international side to realise, you know what? Rather than pretending this is a test match and just blocking out the first twenty overs and then unleashing in the last, yeah, 13, yeah, yeah, let's just unleash at the start and see how we go. Yes, and, and amazingly that worked. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's crazy, right?
0: And and I think yeah. that that's a real not only an invigorational, but what has led to T Twenty being. Um, such an important part of the game now that we have three forms of it, you know, in tests for one days and, and the, the, the 2020s. And that because of, I'm going to say somewhat boldly, the popularity of the domestic 2020 game, that, that that's a pro and con for Australia. Pro because people are like, great, we can sit down and watch three hours of cricket. Con because people watch, you know, the international T20 games and go, that's not as exciting as watching the Brisbane Heat in their final.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I look. I it's particularly I, when I, Australia I fields
0: cricket. the Australia B side, like yeah, it did yeah. last
1: night. I, I do love cricket, but but I admit I just I can't. I I love lots of sports, but I I, I, I I'm not not just I'm not drawn to any of them to sort of really really get deep into them like I, i'm i more than happy to sit down and watch hours of a test match mm. and i'm also happy to completely miss one in its entirety and not even know the score like i just so, so i guess maybe saying i love it is is is, is wrong are you saying but, that
0: about cricket or sport in general
1: because if it's the latter
0: you are lying through your pants no, 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 on
1: no, fire. no, no cr- cricket but, but see Rugby leagues the same, AFLs the same. Like mm. I, I might go on a tear one year and, and follow it closely and love it, and then next year not watch a single game. Yep. I mean, I, I, I do love my American football, like probably to an almost unhealthy. What did amount. we
0: make of the Super Bowl? That was
1: amazing. You know what? I went and watched it um, at the. I went and watched it at the one of the local clubs, the yes. the, the SSNA, the uh, uh, Soldiers Sailors Nearmen. Of course. At, at their, uh, they, they have a bar down there that they call the Locker Room, which is their their, uh, <gasps> their take on a sports bar. Where well, you and... can grab people by the pussy. <laughs> no, no, you can't. Well, it's
0: um... Locker Room Talk, Dave. Everyone can do that stuff.
1: <laughs> no, not in this Locker Room. Mm. Uh, you, you know, you're still inside a New South Wales registered club. Uh, the the yep. one thing that they do, though, you are allowed to wear a cap inside the right. Locker Room. Which is very different because you're not allowed to do that anywhere else inside a a club like that 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 is a faux pas disrespectful yes um but in the in the locker room uh where they had uh they had cheap budweiser and overpriced hot dogs for the super bowl (laughs) um but because i was out in public um i probably that, that probably was enough to stop me getting all teary uh in the third quarter when it looked like my much beloved New England Patriots were <laughs> going to get the absolute hiding. They were uh, being
0: shellacked until that point, Dave. It was one way traffic. It, it was, and and,
1: and it was work. Like Brady like, was getting sacked. All over. It, was, it was worse. It was worse than the Giants' games because, like, yeah. like, I, like I'm still kind of beaten up about the Giants' games. But at least you sort of go, look, they were both one off fluky plays, and it just, you know, that's that. But to get an absolute hiding the way that they were from the Falcons, it was. It was two
0: different games. Like the stats that they were showing at halftime for Brady, there was they they barely mentioned any yards gained. It was all about (laughs) well, yeah, how many times he'd been hit, um, how many times he just crazy business stuff, incompletes the whole like none of the stats they showed were good. No, and I don't know what was said at halftime or even
1: halfway through the third quarter. But something happened. Well, I think part of what happened was because Atlanta had been so good on offense and so fast, mm. and they hadn't been burning up any time on the clock. Their their defense had just been sitting on the field for so long that by the time you get halfway through the third quarter, they're just tired. Yeah. Like, it's just you just you can't play at that intensity uh, for for that amount of time, and and their offense, you know. They were doing the right thing by scoring points, but they weren't doing the right thing by Backing when out. they had a big lead, burning any time off the clock. So I think that was a big part of it. But I tell you what, e- even when when the Pats started to you know, to lift, then you had Steven Gostkowski, one of the most reliable kickers <laughs> yes. in the NFL, miss an extra point, and it's just oh, like no. this is just obviously not our year. And then and and then from that point forward, Steve, it was it was just magic. It was like, oh, hang on, oh, hang on, oh. Oh, than Julian Edelman and that catch. It and was
0: 25
1: minutes of amazing... It was incredible. Uh, and so... And to then
0: tie it up it to bring it down to, to be deadlocked. Like... First time
1: ever in a Super Bowl.
0: And consequently, uh, nobody knew how it was working. Like, no, all of the commentators are going, well, it's, some, it's something like this. And it had... The, the ref explaining it was the first time we'd heard the actual truth of how, you know, extra time in a Super Bowl is going to work.
1: Yeah. and And... To be fair, it was the same as extra time always in the NFL. With what they are, oh, it's got a stupid name. Like they, they, call it the. I think they still call it the, the modified overtime rules, even though the this is the way that they've been now for about five years. <laughs> so they're not really, It's not really a modified version of the rules anymore. It's just the rules. But anyway, no, it was, it was awesome. It was um, a, look a very different emotion to being there. Um, I. I it was funny. Partway through, one of my mates actually turned to me and said, "Aren't you glad you didn't pay to go to this Super Bowl? Oh, because this would be pretty horrible." Could you and imagine the, if you had? And then at the end of turning around, going, "No, actually, this would have be been pretty good to be at as well." Oh. But yeah, you know, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a spectacle. It was
0: incredible football.
1: It, it was amazing, and and I and I lo- I, I do I, I I love it. I feel guilty about loving a game so much, where I know that. Uh, the vast majority of the players are going to have serious lifelong uh, injuries, beat their um,
0: wives, drug addiction uh, problems.
1: Yeah. It's not good, uh, and so I, I I do feel some shared guilt about that. But but I can't not I just can't not love it, Steve. It's yeah, just yeah. such an amazing amazing sport. And uh oh, and for my birthday. Well, a bunch of my friends shipped in to get a present for me, and and it hadn't arrived by the time I had my my birthday party up in Mudgee. Mm. But it got here just the other day. It's a uh, it's a Patriots helmet, like a full size proper get out of like, the town game ready Patriots football.
0: Oh, I would have
1: worn it at the Super <laughs> well, Bowl. It, it didn't get here till after the Super Bowl. Oh. I mean, my, my friends were hoping it was because they were going to insist that I wear it. But yeah, but uh, but, but... beers through a straw, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we had to drink Budweiser because they had a promotion on where they were giving out a free cap, and one of my mates just he he does have a a, a very large and very nice collection of caps, and mm. saw this authentic Budweiser cap and said, "Well, I need to get that." So we had to drink Bud <laughs> Budweiser at like ten a.m.
0: Uh, the sacrifices we make for our friends. Well, you know,
1: it's, uh, it was hard, but someone had to do it. So the you know,
0: it, the the thing that killed me, I guess, about watching the the game was not only that incredible comeback not only the win in overtime uh but then the stats for Tom Brady after that game that he turned the his game stats turned on their head uh and that then overall how long has he been with the Pats something like 15 years
1: no he 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 uh became a starter in 2001 uh but that was might have been his second or third year there.
0: Oh, look, I... My understanding was that he got drafted around 2001, 2002. I, no, I didn't
1: no, no, think no, no, no. No, he was drafted earlier in that. Drafted in the sixth round. He was basically a throwaway player. <laughs> but picked up, and he's played for five Super Bowls.
0: Yep. Nobody has five Super Bowls, except Tom Brady. No,
1: no one's no, no, no quarterback has five Super Bowls, and no one else has five Super Bowls with the same team. There is... A guy, I think, who was with the Bears in the early 80s who got um, Super Bowl with the The Bears. The Bad News Bears. No, 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 not the bad news. Face <laughs> different sport, different sport, okay. and there's much less Walter Matthau in the NFL. <laughs> um, in fact, I don't think Walter Matthau would have made much of alignment. lineman. But this guy, and I, and I his name escapes me, but I think he's actually got six rings, but with uh, like a bunch of different teams. Like he was, yeah, that an in, in In demand player. No, no, it's it's not the same thing. No, it's and and if, and that was also in the era before um, before the salary cap as well. Yep. So you could have a, a team full of stars, and as as long as you could come up with the money, you could hang on to them. Whereas today, obviously, uh, the, you're always at risk of losing your talented players to someone else who's got space in their budget um, and uh, yeah, is willing to willing to to write that check. But it's pretty awesome. I love it. the, the It's it's funny though. Um, see, when I, when I was following uh, Formula One really closely. Um, I, I followed Ferrari, mm. um, and, and at that stage, th- these were, this was in the pre-Michael Schumacher days, wow. and f- Ferrari, they were horrible. You were a they, sucker they, for punishment, lived, Dave. Like, yeah, yeah, well, this is the thing, and I, and I started following New England about the same time, and, I, and back then, New England were horrible as well, and I, I kind of like, I mean, I picked them because I grew up in New England, New South Wales, and, yes. it just went, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they were bad, and I didn't mind. It was like the... Uh, they just drafted Drew Bledsoe as the number one draft pick, and he's an, ex- an exciting quarterback. But he was a bit erratic. Yeah, um, he was a bit like Brett Favre, where like he could throw a, a, a downfield enormous long passes, but he could also throw a bunch of interceptions and stuff like that. And Favre big, throw or again. Favre, Favre. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, but following uh, following Ferrari, I, when they started to become successful. That was really great because I, I mean I remember going through times like sitting up late at night watching, uh, uh, you know, watching with my mates uh, and we, there was a, a bunch of us at uni. Uh, we had, had uh, a couple of guys who were McLaren fans, someone who liked Benetton. There was me who liked Ferrari, and, and one guy um, who liked Jordan just because he thought Eddie Jordan was mad, um, and, and which he's probably right. Um, and, and you know. I would always be copying so much scorn because Ferrari was so bad. I remember uh, what, one of my indelible memories is, I think they were at, at Imola, and they were coming first and second. And and this just seemed amazing. Like, like Ferraris, one, two, at Imola. It's like, oh, this is incredible. And I, I was at, you know, celebrating before the end, Steve, celebrating mm-hmm. before the end, which is yes. always dangerous, only to have... Uh, the wing mirror, like the rear-view mirror on the number one Ferrari break off, like mid-straight, oh. bounce along the ground into the air intake of the second Ferrari oh, and basically yes. destroy the radiator. So the second Ferrari's engine overheats and goes out. It's like, okay, that's oh. right. we're still in the lead, still in the lead. It's still so good! It's still so good! <laughs> and then the number one Ferrari it also went out and completely failed to finish. Yeah. So they went from one to the only time they looked competitive all year to both being DNF. And yeah. you know, but that was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. And, and and but when they came good, that was exciting. And you know, Schumacher was a uh, incredibly skilled, if maybe uh, ethically challenged driver. Um, but then when they became really, really good and. Um, they became a bandwagon team. It was less fun. Yeah. And and I sort of... Writing their own press releases and believing them kind of stuff. The the, the racing didn't become as good and I just sort of dipped off. But with the Pats, just... I I just love this game so much. It doesn't matter how how good they are. It it never gets... It's never not fun following them. (laughs) So where to from here for Brady? Does he retire? No, no. So he... uh, He's got this uh, like health guru dude um, who he actually runs like a, a fitness center chain thing. Like Tom Brady probably hasn't eaten a potato in about fifteen years. Um, like he's just he is Captain Kale, right? Like this this man but is just, owns a metric ton of pizza stores. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that, that's um. That's um. Uh, oh, the other guy, that's yeah, Peyton yeah. Manning. Sorry, apologies. Yeah, no, 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 no. Pizza. He knows his target, Tom market. Brady. Yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Papa John's is, uh, is 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 Peyton's thing, but no. So Brady is off of this super duper guru who does all of his massage and does all basically does all of his training work for him. So yeah, he, he runs his own fitness program. The the people at, at the Patriots aren't looking after Brady's training and stuff like that. Yeah. He's doing it all all himself. Um, and he's incredibly pliable for a man who's about to turn 40, and he reckons he could probably pliable. play for another four or five years.
0: Oh, can you, could you imagine it, honestly? Because now, no question, the goal is to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, to be the guy that not only has, you know, five rings, but let's make it six with the same team. Let's make it seven. And given their dominance...
1: Last season, that's actually achievable. Well, here's the thing. If you look back to last season, um, uh, they basically uh, played a bad game at the end of last season against Miami, who they should have just walked over. Oh, yeah. Taken to the cleaners, yes. They they had a dud game, and that meant that they ended up as the number two seed in the AFC. So they didn't have home field uh, for the championship Mm -hmm. game. They had to go to Denver. And Denver beat them fairly narrowly and I reckon had they been playing um, in Foxborough instead of in Denver they probably would have uh, taken that game home and given yeah. the way that Denver absolutely schooled Carolina uh, last year there's no no absolutely no question that the, the Pats would have done the same so we you know but for one game we could have been looking down another three peat actually not another a three peat their mm. their first three had a a year gap in them, but I mean there'd be some nice synchronicity if um, if they do win next year, having one, gone uh, Super Bowl miss two in a row, to oh. then at the end of his career go Super Bowl miss two in a row, like that would be that would be rather poetic, and that would probably make a lot of people who hate the New England Patriots very very upset, and that that's yeah. kind of fun too, because <laughs> they're, they're not a, they're not a team that are loved outside of. Uh, Outside of Boston and New spoken England, spoken like for a sure. true Collingwood supporter. <laughs> well, yeah, except yeah, I guess so.
0: <laughs> oh, look, roll the dice, right? And I know that when it comes to AFL, um, uh, you know, ownership and who, who's who's what team and what all that sort of stuff, Victorians have got it. It's bled, cut into their DNA. Uh, however, the one thing that I've found that mostly unites all of them is a distinct hate for Collingwood.
1: I I I think that goes without saying. Yeah, that 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 just seems to be uh something that is as important as picking a team of your own. See, I, I like I'm a half-hearted Saints supporter. Um I, like <sighs> the the fact that they've really really badly handled um like sexual abuse cases dealing yes. with, like with their players just makes me go, uh, oh, you know, you, you yeah, it makes leave, you go. Leave ugh. You go, ugh, you know, you, you're not being good people. It, like, it, uh, you, you can't just make excuses for this stuff. And so that that made it very easy for me to just lose interest in AFL rather than mm. picking another team because I am one of these people who sort of go well, picking other teams a bit, a bit not, not quite right. Which is why, you know, I still yeah. Well, like, actually, that, that's part of why you know, my support my childhood support of the broncos is something that hasn't really stuck because they're not exactly the greatest organization in terms of um looking after things where where wayward players are concerned denver or brisbane no brisbane yes okay yeah no no no, never changed no no no. (laughs) only only one team in the nfl the denver
0: broncos (laughs) that's my fa that is one of my favorite uh, Simpsons moments where I gets gifted <laughs> the Denver Broncos yeah <laughs> just wow
1: uh yeah but anyway but I uh, just I love sport I do love sport you, you, it mean, and the thing that I do love about it is that uh the way that you can craft such wonderful narratives about it like there is something uh special about a team that's been Incredibly consistent and just dominant, and it doesn't matter whether it's the New England Patriots or the New York Yankees, like it, it or, or the Lions, like mm. Brisbane Lions, back when, when um, they were at their peak. Like there is something yeah. pretty incredible about that. On on the other hand, there's also something fantastic about it. Doesn't matter whether it's South Sydney or or um or the Cubs or whoever, like a, a luckless team finally getting back to and, and winning, or or Leicester City last year. Like you know, these things. Completely different storylines, but they're equally as wonderful and. Uh,
0: the mighty ducks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ducks fly together, Steve. Ducks fly together. Quack! Quack! Um, quack! Oh my god. Oh. Uh, I- the, 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 the worst thing about watching Daredevil on Netflix... Yeah, yeah, I know where you're going. Yes. is watching Matt Murdock's offside. Just going, you're supposed to be the tough guy. You're supposed to be the enforcer. You, you, oh.
0: shouldn't,
1: you shouldn't be like the, 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 the whiny guy. You big <laughs> wuss bag.
0: You've you forgotten
1: should... what it means to be a duck. You should just be out there just, like, taking names and bashing heads. Oh.
0: <laughs> what a misspent youth of ours, collectively, Dave, that we have such connection with <laughs> a schmaltzy Disney film starring Emilio Estevez. Oh, uh, yeah. Did the... <laughs> who, at the time, you would have said,
1: was the lesser of the two sheens. <laughs> well, yes. yes. Uh, hasn't that turned around a bit? Oh, but does he... It's not like he, he was, um, you know, wasn't anywhere. Like he was in, he was in Young Guns. You know, yeah, was, was but that, yeah. Charlie Sheen was the star, man. Yeah, I guess so. He, oh, yeah. he was in Major League. He was the <laughs> Wild Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, I, I still, I still love the, the fact that uh, Charlie Sheen's uh, best eighties role now seems to have been the prophetic. Cameo in Ferris Bueller's Day <laughs> Off, <laughs> where he's in the uh, in the police station <laughs> trying to sell <laughs> drugs to Genie. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, you're right. I mean, I guess. I, I, I mean, there's Platoon as well. Like, actually, was it was Emilio Estevez in Platoon? Like, I know Charlie Sheen was. I mean, he was like. The, I don't think so. No, we're not going to be we? one of those podcasts that Google things, are we? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, my, my, my desk is too noisy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, we're just going to be one of those people. That, actually, this is like the old pub conversation where like, in the pre-smartphone days where you just have to assert things and just hope you are right yeah. and hope that no one could contradict you. <laughs> well, what's the answer to
0: that? I don't know. It's the one who spoke most confidently.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and not not only that, but uh, Martin Sheen was uh, was in the Mighty Ducks as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was the guy who had the yeah, yeah. Job. <laughs> he was the president of something. <laughs> oh boy, oh. Dave, I, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so you were the oldest, right? Yeah, am and still. Well, yeah. Uh, so and I was like an only child until I was nine. So uh did you find that that made it uh, hard in terms of like watching movies and bits and pieces about the stuff you were allowed to watch see i i saw most of the um you know seminal 80s stuff at a friend's house because he had older sisters yep um uh, but um that, at home i saw much less of that sort of stuff so what about you like where did you get to see like cool movies and bits and pieces of that as as you were sort of you know um probably too young to be watching them.
0: <laughs> oh, video nights, broadly speaking. Um, yep. They were big in, in my high school group culture. Um, it was yep. nothing to, to go, what are we doing tonight? Or what are we doing this weekend? Oh, let's go around to insert person's name here and have a video night and yeah. watch a couple of videos. Um, that said, it was also the the start of um, the, the rise of cinema being a, a cost positive or cost effective thing to be able to do um and we had a pretty decent cinema to go and see but it was only ever a single screen deal so if the movie you wanted to see wasn't on you didn't do it or when it was on you know that you had to go and see it that week because it probably wasn't
1: going to be there next week um yeah see we actually by the time i was in high school we had nothing uh, oh, actually no, sorry no. Probably early years we still had the drive-in. We we that that was all we had in in mm-hmm. Inveril was a was a drive-in, and they they would do the uh, the old double feature thing. Um, so you'd have a, one movie that you probably wanted to see, and one that they for whatever reason decided they were going to show as well. <laughs> I guess true. that made it better value. Actually, now that I think about it, the probably the main reason for doing a double feature yes. was that. The longer people are there, the more likely they are to go to the snack bar and actually spend food, oh, uh, spend yeah. money, and yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah, you you would have uh you, like you'd have a Batman or something like that, um, but it would be matched by some romantic comedy with Michael Caine in it. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. <laughs> like there's no way the target audience for either of those films wants to see the other one. <laughs> but, yeah, no one is swallowing both of those for sure. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, gosh. Uh, I remember
0: and... going to see Empire Strikes Back at the drive-in.
1: Oh wow!
0: Dressed in my Star Wars pajamas with my Star Wars pillowcase and Doona cover, us in the back of the Kingswood wagon.
1: Um, uh now did your so parents good. did your did your parents put the car in the right way? So and have you sit in the seats? Or did they back it in? Oh, no, 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 so they backed could it in so we like could lay, lay down. in the back of the wagon. Yeah,
0: because same kind of vibe, right? It was a double feature. Empire Strikes Back and something that we would never have cared about. Yep. Um, but knowing that with Empire Strikes Back on first, we would lay down in the back, watch it, and then come into mission and the second film starting us being bored, we'd roll over and go to sleep. Uh-huh. And so and welcome to like the late seventies, early eighties. And so what they would do was then shut the boot <laughs> with us asleep in the back of it, yep. and drive home.
1: <laughs> oh, yep, yep. How is it <laughs> speaking? This? That's well not me. child safe. Anything? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Gosh. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, the, and I the number of times um, I, I can remember as a kid, like, driving around places in the back of a station wagon, especially, because um, like, there were no, like, you know, seven-seater SUVs then, like, you, you yeah. are that, like, you, if you had uh, too many kids, you had a, to basically get a minivan, um, and, and there weren't that, even that many of those. Uh, so, you, it's like a Tarago or nothing. But, of course, instead what you would do is just have a station wagon and every extra kid would just pile in the back. Yep. I remember times when there would have been three or four of us in the back of the station wagon while all the other seats were occupied. Driving around town... Like even... We went on one holiday... We went on one one holiday to Red Rock, which is a little place uh, outside of Coffs Harbour. Yeah. And I remember we would be in the back of the the van... Not the van, of the station wagon... Going into coughs, and like that nice. was that was yeah, but that, like that was like a half-hour drive or more. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like yeah, you know, I'd freak out taking my kids around the block without their belt on. <laughs> what well, oh, I no. shared with you
0: our experience of when we would go camping up the beach on Fraser Island in Dad's short wheelbase Land Cruiser, where he'd put two bits of wood across the wheel arches yes. at the back. <laughs> and said, they were our seats, sit and hold on, and just put lots of soft stuff in between
1: us. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, we all survived. <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess the people who didn't survive aren't around to talk about it, really, are they?
0: That's true. And I, look, I'm not going to suggest that my morbid <laughs> obesity is to do with anything around uh, body conscious images or issues of safety. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, see, oh, it's funny, like, I, I so want to push my kids to be, a, like, a bit more reckless, but... Yeah, 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 100%. But but I just don't know how to do it. Like, I just can't quite come at it.
0: Just drop them off two kilometres from home on a road they've never been
1: on before. <laughs> have I told you about the time we went woodcutting? Oh, please, no, you have not. Okay, okay, so, uh, we, um... So the, the house that we moved into in 1979, um, you know, just a you know, four-bedroom brick veneer, single-level um, you know, standard suburban house in, on a new sort of estate at the edge of town. But back in the days when they still had, you know, blocks that were um, you know, rectangles, not these weird, loopy, yeah, yeah. curvy things that they, they make today. Uh, and the only heating in the place was like uh, an electric... Like wall furnace, um, nice. Well, yeah. Well, see that. So there was, there was no gas, like no um, uh, get like mains gas in Inverell, um, and get, like getting uh, gas heating was like in propane bottles was still pretty expensive. Mm. So electric was about the only option there was. Anyway, after about one or two winters and seeing enormous ga- uh, electric bills, which I, I i imagine we would all salivate to have today they yeah. decided we were going to get a we were going to get a, a wood heater so we got we got a little a turbo 10 yeah it was that was the one we had a little you know i'm sure they're probably still running plenty of 70s and 80s houses uh so, so of course that introduced into our family routine um the wood chop. so mm-hmm. one or two yep. weekends a year we would have to go out to a, a farm somewhere and uh Dad would get the the chainsaw out and you know chop up some fallen trees and yep. we'd we'd pack the ute and the trailer and bring all that stuff back home and then unstack it. Anyway, as you can imagine, for, you know, I was too young to uh, be allowed to touch the chainsaw or do mm-hmm. any of the fun stuff. Yeah. So it basically meant just sitting around on a very noisy day and of course you do this before winter so it's still hot. Yep. Um, and uh, I <laughs> Didn't have a lot of patience as a child <laughs> so one day we're out here and um we'd gone out past ellsmore so ellsmore's a, a like a little village so 15 k's out of uh out of Inverell, and, and we uh, one of dad's cousins had a property there so we, we'd gone wood with them so we were getting stuff for our place and for theirs um at a farm just further off down the road and and it was near a big quarry yeah. so after having run around in the gravel for a while and done all that i just got done it was it was mid-afternoon and i was just bored stupid and i was complaining to mum and (laughs) mum mum in a way that you know frustrated parents do (laughs) said well why don't you just walk home then oh yes yes (laughs) and so me (laughs) not seeing that. Sarcasm and frustration for what it was. Went, oh, well, it's a long way, but I guess I can at least get back to my cousin Rob's place. So I will. Oh. So, without saying another word, I just started walking back towards Rob's house. Like and, along the main uh, road. No, well, no, th- no. These are all like off little weird country road, like unsealed country roads and laneways between properties and stuff. So I'm walking. Yeah, but like back. you didn't go bush. You followed the. No, track. no, I followed the track. Followed yeah. the track, um, but it was a bit more than half an hour before Mum realised I was missing. <laughs> 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 reflected on the last conversation that they that we had had, <laughs> where she had told me to walk home, <laughs> and horrified, jumped in the car and uh, <laughs> and, and sort of drove back towards rob's place hoping to find me by this stage I mean, i'd got you know i said going up more than half an hour and i'd hit the point where i was just done yeah and, and i noticed this this kid a bit older than me but riding around on an ag bike just doing laps Yep. um and so i waved him down and asked if you <laughs> like complete stranger i've got no idea go yeah. i asked if you he could help me out get me a lift back to uh, my cousin rob's place oh. <laughs> and, he's oh. just, <laughs> and he's just like I think I should go and get my mum. (laughs) So he did, and his mum arrived at the fence just about the same time that my mum rocked up in the car and had to make her apologies and go, no, no, it's okay, no, it's fine. No, we let our kids walk through the bush all the time. (laughs) Uh, And and what I thought was the biggest indignity, though, was I got in so much trouble (laughs) for that. Of course you did. I'm like you told me to walk home so I did oh. uh, yeah parents just don't understand Dave yeah <laughs> so that was as close as I reckon you could get to the drop him off on a strange road because it wasn't somewhere that we'd ever been before and look it was just lucky that I had enough of a sense of a direction to sort of you know go back in the right direction because i did go through a few different intersections between different farms and stuff and had i gone up on one of these other laneways goodness knows how long it would have taken to find me but uh <laughs> yeah, i'm not quite at the point of doing that to my kids
0: <laughs> oh i have threatened that don't make me pull over don't make me pull this car over and knowing that if i did they'd go mental one day they'll call me on it and i'll be stuffed because there's no way i would make them walk home uh, I don't even make them walk home from the shops which are a kilometre away. <laughs> and it's like street, 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 easy. No,
1: no. I, uh, no, I, no, I have done that, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to say, we're ruining the next generation.
1: <laughs> no, I have. Uh, I've, I've made my, my kids walk home. And um, and they and they decided yeah, the smarter thing, rather than walking uh, down the street to our place, would be... To walk down the back lane that goes behind the supermarket, um, and and through the blocks leading up to our house, like it, our, um, the laneway doesn't go behind our house. Like um, it runs um, perpendicular to the street that our house is on, uh, and they decide, oh, this would be smart. I won't walk all the way down and around. Or I'll go down the laneway, only to find that walking along the back of the laneway, where you know that you've got all these big fences from the industrial places on one side, and then you know, the backs of places that you've never seen before is actually a lot creepier and, and weirder than walking around the street. So this shortcut actually t- turned out to freak them out. <laughs> they don't don't like laneways anymore. And, like, we're not talking, like, an inner-city little lane. We're talking, like, you know, uh, what would have been, you know, the uh, the place the card horse would have gone down and uh, and uh, emptied the dunnies, you know, yeah. 60 years ago. Um, but, uh, you know, it was enough. <laughs> Do not want.
0: <laughs> oh, copy that.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. And, and I think I already have told you, one, the one time we did send Rupert off to uh, the park by himself when he was little, uh, this lady we'd never met before walked him home. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, you know, like, we felt very under, un, undercut at that. But, uh, but, you know, he's a big high school boy now. Walks to school every day. It's, Although, I, this is the other thing. When I was a kid, I felt like I had a pretty good sense of direction, and like I knew the street grid in my town and around my friends' houses and around mine. So, like, if you named a street and said you need to go to here, there was a uh, if it was near somewhere that I'd gone, I had a pretty good chance of knowing where it was. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, um, uh, I'd sent a message to Rupert. mate, I'm not at home. Come down to Dean Street. I'm at work. Come see me. Um, I'll Give you the keys and you can go home from there and he's like yeah no worries he gets down there you know yeah blah blah get, no all, all good no dramas when i get home later he goes it's a good thing i had my phone dad i'm like why so i could tell you i was in dean street he goes nah so i could google it <laughs> dean street is the main street of albury <laughs> and it runs perpendicular to the street that his school is in yeah and it's about four blocks away <laughs> Gosh. And we were just like, how can you not know the name of the main street yeah, no. <laughs> or how to get there? This, is really, this, uh, this was the, the argument was, he goes, oh no, no, I knew which street Dean Street was. I just didn't know how to get there from where I was in a street where if I looked down far enough, I could actually see the buildings in Dean Street. Like, oh. Oh. kids these what, Kids these days, kids these days. Have we ruined a generation, Dave? Or I think many of them better? have been ruined. <laughs> <laughs> They've all been ruined. Well, you, well I, don't, I don't know. You've got a mortgage, don't you? Yeah. Well, there you go. You and I, we've both ruined it. Not yeah, for yeah. our kids, but for everyone else's. <laughs> and I enjoy my avocado on toast every morning. <laughs> oh, dear me. All right. got to go. So, thanks, Dave. Thank you, Steve. You, you take
0: care now. I, okay, I will then. I love you. Love you too, man. Thank you. Bye.